Stalking Spurs, where we have 40-something minutes of football-adjacent frivolity. My name is Patty, and I'm here with Acid and Toby. Hey, guys. Hey, Patty. Hello. Hello from the other side of the world. Today, we've got a jam-packed episode from that North London derby. That scuffle between Larissa and Sun. That header from Toby. Not you, Toby. Alderweireld. <laughs> that attempt from Benny Boo. That penalty that wasn't given but was truly deserved. The game you will struggle to remember and that other one you will never forget. There is just so much to discuss this week in the world of Spurs fandom. Let's get to it. Oh, yeah. And we're back. There's a lot of games to get into. So you know what? Toby, we're hoping you can shed some light because let's start with the great Larth London Derby. Holy shit. I have no words. Uh, we won 2-1. So yeah, Lacazette scored at the 16th minute. That was a bummer. But then three minutes after that, Sonny put one down and Toby Alderweireld helped seal everything at the 81st minute with a killer header. Holy uh, shit. Discuss. Thank God <laughs> for this win. Is my reaction summed up? <laughs> We've been watching the great German show Dark, and I think there's a quote that a character talks about having hope and no expectations, <laughs> and I think that's how I came into this game. I had a fairly slim hope that the quality of our squad would come out, uh, but really not expecting to get anything out of it, considering our form. But yeah, I mean, what, what a turnaround. Amazing game. I mean, the fact that it's Arsenal is just like the cherry on the fucking ice cream and all that jazz, but... I kind of forgot what it felt to win, guys. Honestly, I was like, what is this feeling? <laughs> Especially a big game. I mean, the last big game kind of we saw was at the Chelsea game and at Tottenham Stadium. And that was disappointment in every way you can imagine. I mean, from the loss to the poor performance to the, the accusations of racism from some uh, bad apple in the crowd. But so to go from that to this, when nobody, it seems, is on form and we still come out and get the victory. It was it was really fantastic to see. Yeah, I think disappointment was like the right word. When we won this afterwards, I felt like, oh my God, this is what not disappointment <laughs> feels like. <laughs> that goal from Sonny, 19th minute, just three minutes of agony, and he came and at least equalized so well. Yes. Oh my God. Like when they scored... There was, like, not even enough time for us to grasp. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're ahead. Oh, no. We're going to lose. But wait. And then it's gone. Yeah. Yes. How do you find... I mean, this was our latest performance, Toby. And you'll, we'll, we'll discuss the rest of, well, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But, I mean, for now, the great... Tottenham Hotspur squad was in fine form. Just some crazy stats that came out of this game. Toby Alderweireld is the first player to score against Arsenal at both White Hart Lane and the new stadium. How amazing is that, that our defensive team or our defensive lineup is the one to have scored first against our biggest rival? Like, isn't that crazy? And like, aren't you glad you have the same name as Toby? 
or oh, he has man, the same name such, as you. It's such an honor. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he just coming on and indicating that there's absolutely no reason he should ever be on the bench. He should start every game as, as long as we have him because he's a threat on both sides of the ball. And he just doesn't make that many mistakes on defense as opposed to, unfortunately, we've seen some some not great form from Sanchez and Dyer, who I always root for, and I want them to continue to succeed, succeed at that position, but our best center back is Toby Alderweireld, so I, there's, you know, no reason for him not to start. Right? Also, I'm pretty sure that the other goal was a header. I don't think he's ever scored a goal for us <laughs> that hasn't been a header. You know what? He should just, like... He's just, like, imagine, like, the practice he has to do with, like, the whiplash <laughs> to just make sure. I mean... Everything in football is hard. I I can say that definitively, but like headers are tough. Like the, the yeah. flick of the head and like to make sure it gets in. That was crazy. And at the eighty first minute, at that crazy yeah. time, what what a way to like rip Arsenal fans' hearts apart, <laughs> just in the closing minutes, <laughs> snatch it away from them. There were glimpses of some of the kind of thematic stuff that's been going on since the restart of who knows where it's coming from, but some people not working hard to, hard enough to get to the ball. I mean, Lo Celso has been on pretty good form, but when you see Aurier start to lose the ball, and I'm not sure who's right behind him, but um, somebody gr- uh, just jumps in and grabs the ball, gives it to Lacazette for their, their goal. You see Lo Celso just backing off a bit and kind of letting Aurier try to win the ball and, and doesn't. So, I mean, you don't really want to see that in your own final third. You want people to have that defensive mentality that they have to be the first on the ball, even if their teammate's going for it. So, yeah, that was a bit surprising to see. So um, I think we should can still expect better form from our whole team. But thankfully, the quality was enough to get the victory. Lots to think about. But I mean, I'm just honestly celebrating. And I guess something else to celebrate is the fact that on Twitter, we saw another little factoid that our boy Sonny is just one of two players, the other player being Kevin De Bruyne, with 10 plus goals and 10 plus assists. That is pretty insane stat. It is. And KDB is like so often named as like, oh my God, he's the best player in the world. What? What position does he play? Kind of attacking midfielder. Like, best attacking midfielder in the world. And every like, someone posts that and, like, a million people like it and retweet it with the goat emoji and stuff. But, like, Sun is never, like... Mentioned in the same uttered breath. in the same breath. Yeah. And he really should. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't yeah, lie. Absolutely. Opta Genie has uh, spoken. Opta, Opta has said. Genie. So, I think I just want to savor this feeling. I know we're recording this right before... We uh, enter a game, so by the time we release this, because I'll be editing, we'd have probably, fingers crossed, performed really well in this next game. But I don't want this feeling to end, guys. How can we sustain this feeling? I'm not sure how they're going to do that. I mean, because as I said, one of the themes since the restart has been just a, a general discombobulation in the attack because we have quality players but they really haven't indicated they know how to work together how they how to form an attack together i mean sun had some good bits in the in the north london derby but otherwise he's been losing the ball a lot uh he tries to take players on and he's just he's just losing the ball and kane i mean is kind of doing a similar thing sometimes so i mean you see stevie come on and he's got great speed so it's just i don't know how you problem solve this and 
and like I, I, I was texting to my dad, they don't when they play seem to have a shared vision of how the attack is going to unfold. It's like they almost have to attack with one brain and have this kind of linked imagination. And they just they seem so far from that at this moment. Yeah, I feel like the last time we saw that was last season. Oh, man. Dare I say that when you're watching us play, you kind of see that everyone's kind of cohesive and you understand what the team is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like now, I think, especially in the past few games, which we'll get to in a bit, you kind of don't see that cohesion. That you, You're watching them and you're seeing them do something, but you can't quite understand what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. The one clear thing you can see us routinely try to do is let Aurier drift up the right side and get the ball in space and put a good cross in. Unfortunately, what we're not seeing are those good crosses, and we're not seeing the the people in the box attacking those crosses. So it seems like we're pretty good at creating the chance to create a chance, but it it, it hasn't really at all. There is no chance paid to create. So many times you see like an attempt at like a cross, but no one's there to yeah. receive it, or like there are three people there, but they're all clumped together, so there are no options really. I guess Jose has got his work cut out for him. Any other thoughts on this feeling they call winning? I don't know. I, I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We got a bit like yeah. downer. Yeah, we got, we, I just wanna, yeah. I just Let's sus- focus on the sustain fact the win. that we're two points ahead of Arsenal. That is key. I mean, that's, that's... become a key benchmark <laughs> in what is otherwise not where we expected to be at the end of this season. From the beginning of the season, we had pretty high hopes, but we'll take it. We'll I mean, it. we'll take North it. North London is white. Other things we yes. will take you know it. is the good. Versus Everton, we were not on our finest form, if at all. And you know what's sad? This is what we consider good now, guys. We had a 1-0 scoreline from an own goal. Guys, that was good. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it was three points. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean... What, what, what? Was this the game with the sun, Larice? With the tete-a-tete, as they say, but... <laughs> I mean, for me, like Hugo is such a leader on the field. I think it was a really important moment. And I think he was really clever to pick on Son because for two reasons. I think he knows Son can take it because he's very mature. And I I think he'll understand where Hugo's coming from because he wants to win just as much as Hugo does. And also by picking on probably the best the other best player in the team. So if you're Harry Winks or something, you're like, oh crap, Hugo is mad at Son. I better pick up my game as well. Like, if Son's not doing good enough, then I'm definitely not doing good enough, you know, because Son tries harder than anybody else. So for Hugo to go straight for Son is is a smart captain's move. Toby, you just put a spin on that that has just blown my mind. <laughs> I love the analysis because honestly, and we'll get into that in the social media roundup and everyone's like reaction to it, because honestly, my first thought was like, holy shit, the team is falling apart. People are fighting. And like, I was not like, apart from the fucking own goal that we're now celebrating, that was what kind of really brought the mood down for me. And like, is this the end of the Tottenham as we know it of like, you know, mm. kumbaya, good vibes and whatever, but... And then, of course, yeah. there's the commentary on like, oh, look, Jose's doing his work. Is He's literally just tearing the club apart. But having you come in and say that is a very interesting and honestly, like a really heartwarming, like, you know, strategy, whatever from Hugo, because, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Tell me more. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it really goes both ways. I think that could be a possibility that 
the answer is going to be in the results. It could be that, unfortunately, Mourinho is going the same way he did with Man U, which is unfortunately creating a bit of discord in the locker room. I mean, I think the other possible possible positive you can take is what we don't want is fans to think that the players aren't trying. So to see this clear-cut sign that at least Hugo really gives a damn about what he's doing. And I mean, on top of that, just to look at it from Hugo's position, it must be incredibly frustrating because I think, I don't know if he's at the top right now, but for number of saves made, he's he's somewhere right near the top. So we rely very heavily on him. So he doesn't get to take a minute off. So if we have starting 11 players that are jogging or that aren't competing for balls, they'll get away with it every once in a while. Hugo doesn't get away with that because if he sleeps for a second, I mean, the mistake will be glaring. So it's it's understandable that he expects that same commitment from everybody. Yeah, and even if your son, who is arguably the most loved player at Spurs, you're not mm-hmm. above that. Like, uh, if you slack off for a second, that's not good enough. Yeah. I mean, I like that that's our key takeaway from this good scoreline of 1-0, even with the own goal. You think we got... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not yeah. sure what else Do you think we got lucky there, there? to say about like, that yeah. Was that lucky on our end that we just managed to defend? Or was Everton, like, were they not at their best? Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're firing on all cylinders yeah. either, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, who is it, Richarlison, who is occasionally dangerous, but in some games it's just like doesn't look like he's going to hit the goal in 99 chances. But it was just lucky to eke, eke out a win. That's our good, guys. We move on to the bad. And yeah, by three points is never bad. Three points mm-hmm. is never bad, so we'll take that as a good. Here we uh, got zero points uh, from our game versus Sheffield United. This was yeah. a shock to me because it was like, it wasn't just a one-two punch. It was a one-two-three punch with a little reprieve from our end just at the very last minute, just to give us at least a better goal differential. But we lost 3-1 from goals from Burge at the 31st minute, Mousset at the 69th, and McBurney at the 84th. I hope I didn't butcher their names. Of course, Harry Kane came through for us at the 80th minute. I know that Sheffield United has been quite strong this season. They're just climbing the table like insane. and They are, yeah. But it's also a wake-up call to us because I wouldn't consider them a quote-unquote big club. And yet, they fucking clobbered us. That was bad. I'm still reeling from three goals. Guys, where were we? Three, like, yes. what were we doing? Were we yeah. asleep? Uh, like, what was this? This was such a frustrating game to watch. I think I kind of like packaged all of my memories <laughs> around that game and like locked it away <laughs> so i had to watch the highlights again earlier and now i'm struggling to remember anything other than the emotion yeah. of the frustration of going three down yeah and i like watching the, the highlight and now it's coming back to me watching the highlights again earlier there's this really heartbreaking moment after kane scores and he doesn't celebrate he just looks pissed yeah. off there was no celebrating. Like, and you kind of... Yeah, there's none. I, I I like that he didn't, in fact, because it was just like, let's get to work. I was kind of like yes. kneeling on the ground, hoping for like a Mura hat trick just right at the end. I mean, you never know with these things. We love them at the 89th minute, but it just never came. Toby, were we not trying hard enough? What I, I, I don't understand. It felt like that a bit at times, whether it's trying or like just even self-belief, like on a few of their goals, we were just, our defense was a bit all over the place against a team that really knows their strengths and and knows how to attack. I've seen some people saying like, yes, Jurgen Klopp's done a great job, but 
manager of the year should really go to Chris Wilder for, for what he's done with that side. So, yeah, I mean, and since we've seen Sheffield also beat Chelsea. So, I mean, it's it's a good team and, and we hit them at an unlucky time for us because they're kind of finding their form as we struggle with ours. So, yeah, it was unlucky. Dyer and Sanchez didn't have a great game again. They couldn't seem to keep track of the attackers in the box. So it was it was a tough one. Yeah, no, I mean, Sheffield, I was looking at the stats from this game, and it's just a bit frustrating because we were possession 64%, and yet only two shots on target. They have four shots on target with 36% possession. Like, it is a bit crazy. Yeah, and and yep. Wolves as well, 1-0, you know, the week before. So, I so mean, I they're, they're taking to, uh, down good teams. To watch out for next season and just, like, hope we kind of man up more. And for sure, yeah. Beat the shit out of them because our last meeting with them... Our last meeting with them was a one-all. And like, <laughs> yeah. clearly we have not broken this team yet. And obviously there's so much for us to do. There are no winners in this ugly, ugly game. Uh, <laughs> not born with, not taught not and certainly not the fans. Exactly. And not even the neutrals. Yeah. It's such a boring game. I'm, I'm going to time us, guys. We only have <laughs> yeah. two minutes to discuss this shitty-ass ugly game. Uh, Bournemouth, Tottenham... Nil, nil. <laughs> what the fuck happened? We like twelve corners, sixty percent possession with zero shots on target. I'm just gonna go walk away now. You can talk about this. I, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. Zero shots on target is unforgivable. <laughs> How did we manage ninety minutes with the players we have and have zero yeah. shots? On target. I mean, I kind of start, want to start to chalk this up to uh, the Mourinho strategy is because if you want to w- win games 1-0 or 2-1 and just edge games out, then every single thing that goes against you gets magnetized in its, in, in its importance. So when Harry doesn't get what is obviously a penalty and what former referees on match of the day then said should have been given as a penalty, the moment we don't get that, it feels like we've lost control of the game and that our chances of winning have gone down. If that happens by comparison to Liverpool and Man City, they say, it doesn't matter. We're, if you score one, we're going to score four. So it's just a difference of mentality. If you come in with the Mourinho style and you want to win 1-0, then you're really going to struggle if you don't get that penalty chance. But if we just unleash, you know, find a way to unleash our good players and just aim to score goals, then, you know, then it's not as important. (laughs) I'm just laughing because I can't believe anyone got paid for that game. Like, people, like, it's COVID-19, guys. Yeah. (laughs) They should get, yeah, they should get. Yeah, they should get a few days of vacation knocked off. Their salary for that game to, like. I don't know, COVID efforts, because honestly, no one deserves right. to be paid for it. You pay us for watching that game. That was dismal. I mean, apart from the <laughs> ultra obvious handball and the, the penalty, like, you know, I, I don't even want to blame this on the refereeing anymore because just like zero shots on target is the headline here. Hugo was had an interview after the game yeah. where he said, we need to do better. No shit, we need to do better. And I guess with that, we have three games left. What can we expect? What should we... What are our feelings on them? Because honestly, it's down to the wire. We are not where we want to be. And we still have a couple games left. We're number eight with 52 points. Just two above Arsenal and two below Sheffield. Where do you see us ending this 
season with. I mean, I'm, this is just predictions for our next episode where we all correct ourselves for predicting incorrectly and aiming too low because we're getting those yeah. 10 points. Yeah. What, are you, what are you guys feeling um, on this? Right after exactly. the North London Derby win, <laughs> I was thinking Europa League, let's go. But for yeah. that to happen, we have to win all of our games. Man U cannot okay. pick up more than two points from the remaining games. And <laughs> Man City had to be ruled out of yeah, playing in Europe next season. Uh, yeah, and they've just... The next day, news broke out and they are playing in Europe next season. Toby, we've got Newcastle in like an hour or so. Leicester, two days after that. And our final game, Crystal Palace, away. It's going to be tough. Like, I mean, honestly, for league position, I think my expectations are out of the door and I'm going to go with the hope I mentioned earlier. And my hope would be to find some sort of momentum going into the offseason. And to me, that means not losing. So against good sides, Leicester, obviously a great side. Newcastle, I think, has some really good players. I love to watch them play their speed with, uh, I think his name is San Maximan, a French gentleman who's very good. Almiron, like some of my favorite players to watch. So I think if we could even go Mourinho style and hold nil-nil, just get a point here and there, I think it's, it's going to be as important as trying to climb up to, you know, Europa League Always position. sobering way to wake up to reality, you know? I, I like it, though. Five points. I'll say five points I would be happy with. Yes, nine, and we finish above <laughs> Arsenal. Okay, um, so I'll, I'll go for seven just to be in the middle of you guys and, nice. uh, you know, hope for the best. Guys, good luck, but we'll see. Uh, this yeah. is not. This uh, don't is... mistake this for optimism <laughs> on my part. This is pettiness. I just want to maximize like the possibility That's of finishing above Arsenal. That's a single-mindedness I respect Absolutely. and appreciate. All right. Well, thanks, Toby, yeah. for joining us this week. <laughs> yeah, pleasure. Thanks, Toby. Come on, you Spurs. Should be a good game tonight. Yeah. Come on, you Spurs. And we're back. Welcome to the Social Media Roundup. It's the portion of the podcast where Patty and I scour the internet, or specifically social media, for Spurs-relevant content and discuss them. This is the frivolity part. And honestly, like, it's what I'm made for. (laughs) Yeah, it's what I'm made for. If you guys are here for it, awesome! Great. Thanks for joining. So, just to let you guys know, so you can keep up with whatever it is we're talking about, we're posting all of the links to the posts... We are posting about the posts in the episode description or the notes part. So if you want to see what we're talking about, take a look there. If there's anything you've spotted that we haven't talked about and you want us to discuss, tweet us at Stalking Spurs. So today we are portioning this entire portion even further into the good, the bad, and unfortunately, the ugly. So start... <laughs> Starting off with a good, obviously, this is content on social media about the Derby. What yeah. else would it be about? <laughs> Nothing else. So Let's... as you know, we won the North London Derby, and the next day, no, not even the next day, minutes after the final whistle, players started to post about this victorious occasion. And uh, as of now, days later, we've determined that every single player from the starting 11 who is on social media posted a victory photo, except Sanchez. Sanchez, you still have time. Maybe before we finish editing this, you'll post something. But Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. Like as a pump up going exactly. into a Newcastle game. 
You still have time. You still have time. But I mean, we all know North London is white. And uh, everyone's thematic posts were just happiness. I, I said I, I said it earlier, but have the also have the players also forgotten what it feels like to win? I guess because they were happy. I think so. We were feeling it. They were feeling it, and it showed because everyone posted like epic photos from the game, along with captions like "Sun said, love a derby win." Hashtag coys. Gio says, North London Derby is white. Come on, you Spurs. And says it again in Argentinian. Alderweireld <laughs> um, goes, North London is ours. Bicep emoji. Hashtag coys. It's just, it's awesome to see. We're not the only people who wanted, who love to see it. Ericsson. Christian Ericsson. Never forgotten. Always in our hearts. Uh, still liked it. He liked the post from Spurs yes. official. And uh, cartilage free <laughs> captain on Twitter caught it. And I thought, I think it's cute. Like, we get Musa Dembele liking every other post because he's forever in our hearts as well. But Ericsson, given his, I guess, not so great exit, I think it's always interesting to see how he's still taught on him through and through. Yes. And especially seeing him like coming back to like North London Derby win content is especially sweet. Exactly. I think the Twitter post says Ericsson still loves to see it. Like, yeah, totally. We do too. And we, we love to see like engagement from you exactly. <laughs> on our social media. Love that. More Derby adjacent frivolity and posting because honestly, we could just do this all day. We had to trim so much, guys, because we would not fit into. We're not even 40-something. This is going to be an hour's worth. Sonny, <laughs> after the interview, post-match interview with, with Toby, you can hear him whisper, like, come on, you Spurs. And it's just so cute. I mean, he's cute already. He can do anything, whatever. <laughs> it was just super sweet. Like, the gesture of, like, leaning into the mic. Like, knowing that it's not the interview proper yet. And, like, to kind of just fill the void. He thinks, oh, I'm going to whisper, come on, you spurs, into this microphone. Adorable. Like, he just, he, he, he knows. He knows his angles. Also cute is, you know how, like, celebrations are a bit tough now, given social distancing and whatnot. But after that lovely score, we get Mora giving everybody a head slap. And I thought it's cute because, you know, he's not the tallest guy in the team, but you could see him really like reach and make sure that everybody's head got slapped, which is sweet. Like that's unity, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I was wondering if it was coming from like a, a fairness team spirit thing where he feels like he needs to slap everyone on the head. Or is it like maybe a mild form of OCD or he thinks <laughs> like he needs to celebrate? I need to touch everyone's heads. <laughs> but I, whatever it is, it's cute. Check out check out the video. This first web, this first web posted it. Thank you. I, I, I think I like the theory of the uh, OCD. I like it more. <laughs> uh, and then finally, last word on Spurs, just posted this wonderful clip from the dressing room post-Darby. And you'll see just how happy everyone is coming in. Yes, it's no Miracle of Amsterdam post-game, you know, dressing room shebang. But we got to, of course, I guess, act accordingly. But it's still a win, and I will take it, and everyone just looks so good. Like, guys, remember this feeling in the dressing room. You want to feel that all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. dressing room mm-hmm. vibes. All the good. one feeling you don't want to feel in a dressing room is awkwardness. <laughs> oh my god. So this last thing, this last bit that we want to talk about related to the derby is a video tweeted out by Cartilage Free Captain. And it's a video, it's a quick like video that just really quickly pans around the dressing room after almost everyone has left. 
and there's one player left, and it's Harry Kane. And do you ever think, oh my god, I wonder what Harry Kane does post-game? The answer to that question is he sits around in his underwear, <laughs> scratching his stomach, and maybe watching golf on TV. It's such an awkward, like, it's... It happens at the very end of this video, and it's like half a second, but it's a half a second that you will not be able to remove from your heads. It looks so awkward. You know how they ask people or men, celebrities, male celebrities, boxers or briefs? And it's always these hot celebrities. You're always like thinking like, ooh, you know, it's in your head. And then you kind of see it happen. Like, oh, so he wears briefs. But also, like, I never want to see any of the Spurs players in any state of undress, because I just feel like, they have such a wholesome look to them that I'm like, no, I don't want to see, I don't want to see this. And then the <laughs> fact that he's scratching his tummy, and obviously I know he has six-pack abs. I know this. But, uh, Harry, please post some, like, repost that Singapore sweaty photo because I just want this <laughs> removed from my brain. We still love you, though. Just putting it out there. Yeah. It, it's, I think, like, the awkward awkwardness also comes from... You know, it's a moment where maybe he's not aware that he's, he's being filmed, oh, so he's, he's just acting normally. Yeah. So it's like, oh, can we not film people without their Consent. knowledge? Yep. Can we not film people when they're, you know, just relaxing in their underwear? Oh. That's a more valid point for sure. Like, I would not want to have that encroaching on my privacy. So, <laughs> Harry, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you're enjoying the post-glow of North London Derby. I guess just beware that given people, cameras everywhere, just be careful. We love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> uh, speaking of that good boy vibe that we tend to project, I guess, I thought it's interesting because this next set of social media uh, posts that we're going to discuss kind of have a... We're calling it the bad, and I put bad in quotes because is there, I guess, this is me posing a question to you, Acid. Do we have like a secret bad boys club? I only say this because we project such nice good boy vibes, but after seeing Gio throw it down on like, like challenging players double his size and just like wanting to like spoiling for a fight from like Gio Lochelso doesn't look like a bad boy. Eric Dyer does not look like a bad boy, but we'll discuss him in a bit. And Hugo and Sonny in a fight in 2020 is just mad libs I never thought would happen. So are we as good as we claim to be? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Like the past few weeks has had me thinking, oh, is this rep of being all like polite, well-mannered boys... Is it crumbling or has it just always been a facade? I think a great example of this secret bad boys club is the bewildering, like reality shattering, worldview destroying scuffle between Larice and Sun during the the Everton game. So if you guys were watching that game, Larice like hunts down Sun, like super charges at him and then like I think pushes him and then they start shouting at each other and Gio and Winks had to like tear them apart. And it was so like what the fuck is going on? Exactly. Honestly, yeah. like I was shocked and I'm glad that Toby kind of gave us some, you know, insight into what it could possibly be. So I'm not as worried anymore as I was. But of course, everything in Tottenham, all's well that ends well. 
after uh, they come back from the half, we see them kind of, you know, smile, give each other a tap uh, in the tunnel. And then at the end of the game, we get a hug and a lift. What is yeah. this? Yeah. And of course, the magic of the internet, this was turned into a meme almost immediately on the TFC fans Instagram. There's a post that has like a like split screen of Sun and Larice fighting and then underneath it's Sun and Larice hugging and like smiling and being really happy. And it basically sums up the Spurs fandom experience. <laughs> One moment you will hate your life as a Spurs fan. The next minute, it's just like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. I love the internet. The meme potential yeah. is honestly just amazing. Uh, yeah, the best memes are the ones that are insightful. And this insight is so true. It hurts. It really it hurts. does. It really, really does. I, I, I like the tweet from Men and Blazers, wherein it calls out the fact that, well, Sunny has, you know, freaking military grade like literally best in military training he won awards for it uh the tweet from men and blazer says yuri's clearly not heard about sunny's military training sunny <laughs> would never would never do that to he the captain would never but i thought but it was he funny. could he could he could he would never but he would never but he could but, but he would he never <laughs> but yeah i thought it was nice to uh, remind us that yes he is a sharp shooter I saw this last tweet from a fan named at Kehangoltekin. Oh my gosh, I I don't know how to say your name. I'm scared that I botched that, but we'll put a link You're to You're in tweet. the episode description. Exactly. He goes, he, in reply to Men and Blazers tweet also regarding the scuffle, he goes, Sung Hyung Min getting in a fight could only happen in 2020. And you know what? That's where we are. Uh, pandemic, yeah. bubonic plague. I don't know. Yeah. It just it brings things out in people that wouldn't I don't know maybe normally be expected. Mercury in retrograde is real. Mercury in retrograde. Finally, oh. just more retrograde for us. Unfortunately, Eric Dyer, uh, there was a final decision on the uh, scuffle, well, almost scuffle he had with a fan um, back in March, wherein there were allegations of. One of his brother being harassed in the crowd. And so Eric, of course, jumps into the crowd and defends his brother. But that like anyone would like do. anyone would. Unfortunately, he's a player and players are held to a higher standard in terms of behavior. Not all. I won't get into that. But some. And unfortunately, that some is dire. So he got a four game suspension and it doesn't look like they are going to appeal this. I think there was a, a tweet from Last Word on Spurs that said that Mourinho was not going to contest. There was no appeal because they just wanted to. An appeal would mean some risk, and that risk would mean that they may get not get him for the next season. So better to just keep it safe. Honestly, I don't think it's fair. Four game suspension for what he did compared to all the shenanigans that has happened in the league and getting less for it. So I don't know. I guess it's an yeah, example setting. It- Totally. Like you you said that maybe players are held to a higher standard. Fine if that standard is applied yeah, agree. consistently. Agree. But like this tweet from Last Word on Spurs compares two incidents. So Tottenham Hotspur defender Eric Dyer enters a crowd to stop abuse and is given a four-match ban and a fine. Meanwhile, at Arsenal, Arsenal midfielder Mateo, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, grabs an opposition player's throat with intent and receives nothing. <sighs> like, grabbing a throat is 
That's that's an that's assault. That's properly violent. Yeah. And he receives nothing. A few seasons ago, Dembele <laughs> poked <laughs> with his finger, poked the eye of a Chelsea player, and he got a bunch of match bans as well. But and that yeah. seems so much more lame than grabbing yeah. someone's throat. So is the secret bad boy club real? I don't know, but we're going to see more of it, maybe. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Supposedly, the uh, source of all this bad behavior leads us to the ugly, the ugly section of the social media roundup. I don't know. Uh, the source? I don't know. I what don't know. Has we changed? call it ugly, and then we kind of see all of the posts, and there's a theme <laughs> emerging here, which maybe we won't point out yet. Yeah, but you, you like, can figure it out. Just, you guys are smart. You can figure it out. <laughs> as a setup to the first one so oh my gosh this week the teaser for the amazon film was dropped and as a fan oh my gosh this looks amazing they released it as initially as instagram stories and spurs official and it's so wow if you watch this and you were not hyped oh my god it's crazy it's it's crazy it teases that they're gonna show the moment that poch was sacked it teases like showing the moment that the players find out who their new dad is going to be. It looks intense and heart-wrenching. I can't look away. But someone apparently can look away and will look away. So according to some to a tweet from Mr. Veal, uh, Mourinho has decided he's not going to watch the documentary. That's some privilege right there. You are the subject of it. So I guess it's more difficult for you to uh, see yourself behave lovely on screen. I yeah. guess it's always weird to watch yourself. Right? This is true. This is true. This is true. But it's a documentary. I mean, it's two hours of your life. You'll be fine. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't want a documentary made about myself. Can't blame him. Or maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> Other things I will blame him for, though, is rudeness. Uh, after the Bournemouth game, where we were unfortunately lackluster in our performance, Jose Mourinho was in a press conference with some journalists, and there was some supposed alleged audio shenanigans going on. He, When they asked him, can you hear us? He would say no, right on cue. They gave him earphones. They were like, can you hear us now? He goes, nope, and he walks away. Honestly, I know that sometimes it's very difficult to give post-match interviews especially when your performance is poor but there is a line of rudeness and i guess managers with swagger get away with a lot of things because privilege you know but yeah i don't think it was his finest moment i'm very new to him as a manager so i don't have his past performance at the top of my head to compare it to but it is not what i would think a Tottenham manager should embody. And if a player behaved that way, they would be chastised and grilled. But because he is who he is, he gets away with it. And it's just like, oh, mm. Jose being Jose. I am not for it. And we all know I have yet to fall in love with him. I don't think that will happen this season. So you're not helping your case, Jose. Yeah, it to me, it was just really ugly unprofessionalism. This is part of your job. The post-match press conference is part of your job. So do it. The press has shown up. They're going to be covering this game. They need something from you. Give it. Moving on to more ugliness. Actually, before <laughs> last, we move on yeah. to ugliness, let's step back in time for a bit. Remember, we've had games with Everton in the past that have not turned out quite this way and the next thing we're going to talk about is a tweet from a fan named coach ali 
that says, Remember that time we beat Everton 2-6 away and Potch talked to us about universal energy and how the scoreline was an anniversary gift to his wife? Yeah, I miss those days. Hashtag Koi's. Oh my god, I remember this game, and I remember the post-match interview from this game, and there seemed to be like some magical, mystical energy happening, and everything was right in the world, and there was so much gratitude in hearts, and so much gratitude being shared with everyone else. I miss those days. Yeah. So just to like compare and contrast, a statement from Mourinho about the last Everton game, he said that of the boys, it's a team of good boys, a team of nice boys. The only thing they can win at the end of the season is the fair play cup, something I've never won and I have no interest in winning. To which I say, well and good, but can you just not say it because it makes you seem really, really mean and heartless and horrible? I get that it's his brand. Uh, I don't know. That's, yeah. But it's just like, yeah. how are we associated with this? I don't know. Sure. Bring on the medals, bring on the metal. Where is it? I don't know. But supposedly that's what you bring. At what stake, at what cost do we win those medals, supposedly? This? All right, let's... That's the ugly. So yeah, on that horrible note, let's just, uh, I guess, moment of silence for that 2-6 scoreline from Everton away and how Poch and the magical beings in the universe have come together. And maybe one day our stars will align and we'll have that feeling again. But for now... Baby of the week. Yay! Gear shift! The happier, <laughs> cuter things! We always want to end on a high note here. And how can we not end with the babies of the week? We've got a couple this week. And we start off with, I guess it's summer. And all the dads are still playing. But doesn't mean the kids have to stay in and play. We get Miguel Mora from Larissa's uh, Instagram page. Looking very chic and cool. And like very John Lennon shades. He knows, he knows he's cute. He's got swagger. I really like this kid. He knows it. So next on this train of babies on vacation without their dads, <laughs> uh, the next baby we're going to visit is Lily Sissokes. So her mom, Mary Lou, posted a series of photos of the two of them chilling out on a beach. Like, where is this? This looks awesome, but it's sunny. The sky is blue. They're having an awesome time. Sharing really cute moments, unfortunately, without Papa Sissokes. Exactly. This pandemic and the restart has really hampered all their summer plans. Not to be left behind, we have Leandro Luris also on holiday without Papa Hugo. Maureen posted on her Instagram stories, and thanks to Fan for saving these for posterity, they were on a plane somewhere. Again, we're almost seeing his almost face. I know it's cute. You still rank very high. Maureen, give in, give in, give in, give in. I'm sending that vibe out into the universe. I want to see this kid's face soon. Yeah, we will. It's, uh, it's coming. I'm it's sure coming. I can feel it <laughs> slowly. <laughs> what else are we feeling, Acid? Yeah, so after the high, after the North London Derby win, we are like, oh my gosh, I feel so awesome. What could make this even better? <laughs> we know what can make it better. <laughs> Toby Alderweireld answered that in the form of a series of photos with Ayla, and it's super, super cute. There's so many things I want to talk about in this photo. So, the, okay, it's two photos. The first one is Toby and Ayla on uh, the floor reading a book. It's super, super cute. I want to know what book that is. I want to know what is the structure behind them. Is it a tent? Is it a castle? I also, I, I want to talk about her styling like <laughs> is that a tutu she's wearing it's obviously a pink gucci t-shirt i also love her little like 
puffy hair things. What do you call that? It's cute. It's sweet. She's too much. And the next photo, she is. You have her just hamming it up for the camera, smiling, big smiles. Toby looks ecstatic. He's with his princess, <laughs> and life is good. Honestly, yeah. I actually commented baby of the week because like oh, yeah. <laughs> I could have helped myself. It was instinct. <laughs> Why would I stop myself? Ayla, congratulations. You've done it again. We totally. asked and just we ran away with it. You did. She's not even trying, you know. She's just being herself. And that's what we love. Yeah. Ayla, you do you. You keep being you. And you know what? We might just keep awarding you baby of the week. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> We try to be fair about this thing. We try. We try. Fair and impartial. Very impartial. Third-party observers. No bias at all. (laughs) Uh, And with that, we just want to say thanks to everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Acid. Thank you, Toby. Thanks, Patty. Like we mentioned, please tweet at us at StockingSpurs if you have any feedback, suggestions, or just general comments and stalking. We haven't stalked yet. Are there any posts you think we should check out and discuss in the next episodes? We'd love to hear from you. So please do check it out. Subscribe if you haven't and tell your friends about it. We'd love to hear from all of you guys. And I guess we'll see you after our next three games. Uh, nine <laughs> the points. first of which is kicking off in an hour. I know. <laughs> an hour from when we recorded. So it'll be two days when you hear this. And <laughs> we hope it does well. So send us all the good vibes. We're sending it out into the universe. Watch style. All right. See you guys later. Come, Come on, on, you Spurs. Spurs. Thank you.